Amen. Good evening, guys. I hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year in advance. Let's start off a letter of prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight as we come before your holy word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and in clarity of speech. We ask that the Holy Spirit himself will be the teacher and will lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Please go with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. There we are concluding on our series. I read. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not consider a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Well, I understand you've read this verse, but this is our foundational text. And uh, through through that, we've learned about three things. Um, in verse 6, we learned about the relevance of Christmas. God came to earth. It's very important for us to establish the truth that Jesus is God. It's not just the son of Mary. I want to believe that Pastor Jessica went through those with you. Um, Jesus is not just the son of Mary. He did not just exist when he was born. But Jesus was, as he said in John chapter 8, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus is God. So God came to earth. That underscores the relevance of Christmas. We looked at the reality of Christmas too from verse 7 which let us know that he didn't just come to earth, but he put on the form of man. So God became man. And we, he, he embraced the whole package, the whole total experience of what it meant to be a man, including the humiliating part of being a man. Sometimes we say we want to have certain experiences, but we don't want to have the whole package. But Jesus, he didn't exclude he experienced the whole package, embraced everything, whatever it took to be a man. He was born like us, grew like us, was tempted like us, suffered like us, became man. So that he, he will not be apathetic, but he will be able to empathize with us. The third thing that we see is in verse 8. The Bible lets us know the reason for Christmas, which means Jesus came to die. And uh, last week, we said that he died for two main reasons, to demonstrate God's love and to pay for our sins. And tonight, we are just wrapping up. 
from verses 9 to 11. We want to look at the results of Christmas. And when we look at the verses we just read, what is the result of Christmas? God raised Christ to the highest place above and gave him a name that is greater than any other name. The name is powerful in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's the name. I think about last two years or last three years ago, we were doing a series called That's Name around the same time. We gave him a name that is powerful. That name responds to things in heaven. That name responds to things on earth. That name responds to things under the earth. This name has no jurisdiction. It has no defined jurisdiction. It breaks everything. You know, in this world, people have names. And sometimes the name can just go up to a certain point, can't go beyond a certain point. For example, let's say you're a manager of KFC. And let's say it's even a branch, maybe KFC in Jersey City. You will have a name that is powerful. Let's say you are the manager there. The name is powerful around KFC, Jersey City. It, it will not even be powerful unless, say, KFC in Perth Amboy or somewhere else. See, you have even a jurisdiction that your name is able to evoke uh, certain privileges or is able to shift certain things in operation. But Jesus' name has no jurisdiction. It, it goes beyond that. You know, let's say even presidents of certain countries, the name that they have, the authority that they have to be able to execute the office, it just operates within a defined jurisdiction. It can't go beyond certain places. If it goes beyond certain places, we'll have war. That's the, that's the meaning. It is, even if you look at this uh, Russo-Ukraine war, it's because of jurisdiction. So the whole thing has happened, right? So Jesus is uncontested. He's Lord. That is the reason of Christmas. The, the reason of Christmas is for all of us to be able to say, Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over my life. And, you know, before Jesus came onto the scene, the angels already proclaimed him, Lord. Look at the scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. So this was the angel talking to the wise man. There's a song, they say, while shepherds watch their flock by night. I mean, that's the opening verse. While, while the shepherds were watching their flock by night, an angel spoke to them. And this is what the angel said. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. So Jesus was already Lord when he came on the scene. So when the Bible talks to us in Philippians chapter 2 that Christ 
um, gave him, uh, sorry, God gave him a name that is above every name. He already had a name that was above every other name before the foundation of the earth. He had a name that was above every other name. And why? That was why when he came on the scene, demons trembled because he was already Lord. So this just came to emphasize that Jesus is Lord to man. So it's like God had to make that in an, like in an open square market to let people know that this son of Mary is God. He has a name that is above every other name. Jesus already had a name that was above every other name. When he was on earth, he gave the people authority to cast out demons. He had a name. That's why he could have authority over demons. He had a name. And before he even died, he told them, you can pray in my name. He says, when I go, use my name. Because he was already God. I, I understand the view. So he wasn't inferred this title just because he completed his mission. He was already God. And that's what the angels try to let the wise shepherds know. He is not just a savior. He is also Lord Curious, the preeminent factor, the foremost authority. That's the meaning of the word Lord. So Jesus was already the foremost authority. He was already the preeminent factor. But when he died and when he was and he resurrected, it just emphasized his lordship. Are you understanding me? So Jesus did not become Lord just because he died on the cross. He was already Lord. That's why it's very important for us to establish the truth that Jesus came as God. He came in the form of God. Consider it not robbery to be equal of God because he was God. He was Lord. Do you understand? So he didn't receive this title just because he fulfilled his mission, he was actually Lord, emptied that, emptied himself of his privileges, came on this earth as a son of man. But he was God. Amen. So that is good news to us. So we end this series on the Lordship of Christ. Jesus is Lord. And to the believer, it is comfort to us. It is comfort to us. The result of Christmas is our consolation. Because we've come to understand that Jesus is Lord. And when to the believer, it's comfort to us because we can acknowledge that Jesus really is God. He's more than a man. He's more than a prophet. He's the Lord over my life. He's the Lord of other life, meaning I will do what he tells me to do. So when we say Jesus is Lord, we are acknowledging that Jesus really is God. So this is more to the believer. 
Because when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we come to experience the Lordship of Christ. Now, that is not something that is exclusive. It's when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior that we will really come to understand Jesus as Lord. You see, the world can understand Jesus as God. But believers, we will come to understand Jesus as Lord. That's why that is the message. Go with me to Romans chapter 10 so that you can understand what I'm trying to say. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So that is the gospel. When we preach the gospel, the resultant effect of the gospel is that people have to confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's why I'm saying that is exclusive. Not everybody will come to understand Jesus as Lord. So the result of Christmas is consolation for every believer. But the whole world will come to the realization that Jesus is God. But when the gospel is being preached, now you will come to understand that Jesus is Lord, my Lord. And when you are able to confess that with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. And then the Bible said in verse 10, that's for the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made. So Jesus being Lord is great consolation to the believer. And whenever we, we use that phrase, Jesus as Lord, we are acknowledging that Jesus is really God. And because he is God, I will do what he tells me to do. That phrase, Jesus as Lord, is consolation to the believer because it also means that Jesus has everything under control. That's the result of Christmas. The result of Christmas is the Lordship of Christ is magnified. The deity of Christ becomes outward. It becomes a public show for the whole world. Jesus has everything under control. To say Jesus is Lord, it is a statement of comfort and encouragement. If everything looks bleak, Jesus is Lord, and I know he got everything under control. I may not see the pattern or exactly know what is happening, but I believe Jesus is Lord. So it's consolation to the believer. It's not just consolation to the believer that Jesus is really God. It's consolation to the believer because Jesus has everything under control. When we recognize that truth that he has everything under control, we are very comforted. To say Jesus is Lord is to say that I don't know what the new year holds, 
but I know who holds the future. So during this Christmas, let Jesus as Lord be part of your phrase. Not just Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. The result of Christmas is Jesus as Lord. And when we say that Jesus is Lord, we are saying, Lord, you have everything under control. Do you know how this next year will pan out? I don't know how next year will pan out. I don't, I don't know who holds, I don't know what next year holds, but I know who holds the new year. Therefore, I can say Jesus is Lord. So it's great consolation, it's great comfort to us. Amen. It's also great consolation to us because we've committed all our life to Jesus. That is why he's our Lord. And when we made that confession, that is what makes us a believer in the first place. We make that confession, believe with our hearts. We believe with our hearts that, um, we believe with our mouths that Jesus is, no, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe with our heart that God was raised from the dead. The Bible lets us know we will be saved. And the Bible lets us know with the mouth confesses made unto righteousness with that heart salvation, right? When we go through that process, what we are saying is that we commit our lives to you. So he has the right to determine what's right in my life and direct me. And I will seek to live according to his plans. Jesus is Lord. And the powerful thing is that it says that one day, every knee. That's why I'm saying that it's exclusive. Because a time will come, not far from now, where every knee. Is it so now every knee is not bowing? Now every tongue is not confessing. That's why I'm saying in this present stage, it is exclusive. You have to be a believer to experience, accept, and acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. But a time is coming, as we have read in the scriptures, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord in heaven, on earth, under the earth. That's why he is called Lord of Lords. He has no jurisdiction. His jurisdiction is undefined. You see, if Jesus is Lord, he will only be Lord in heaven. But he's not just Lord in heaven. He is Lord on earth. That is why a knee in heaven will bow, a knee on earth will bow. That is why a tongue in heaven will confess, a tongue on earth will confess. And it's not just that. His jurisdiction does not just end there. It extends beyond the earth. That's why we believe that there is an underworld. His name extends beyond that. So it's not just a knee in heaven, a knee on earth, a tongue in heaven, a tongue on earth. It extends to a knee under the earth, 
and a tongue under the earth. Three realms. In heaven, on earth, under the earth. The Bible lets us know tongues will declare Jesus as Lord. And knees in three realms, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, will bow to the supremacy and the lordship of Christ. It means that all the arrogance that is in this world, that puts up itself against Christ, that will want to deny the lordship of Christ, they will all confess one day that Jesus is Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the result of Christmas. The result of Christmas should not just end with carols and then mistletoes and, you know, all that stuff. You know, I had my favorite shoe. I, I got my, my presents. The result of Christmas should end with Jesus is Lord. And it should give us great joy. It should give us great joy that the whole earth, the whole heaven, the world is subjugated under the lordship of Christ. I think for me, I don't know for you, but personally to me, this gives me so much great hope. And I thank God that Christmas should be a big deal. Because through that, we saw that God came to the earth. And when he came to this earth, he became man. And when he became man, he took on the greatest assignment of all time to die for our sins so that the error of our ways will be cleansed so that the chasm and the separation that seemed to exist between man and God will be abridged. And not just that, it resulted in Jesus being Lord. And when he came to this earth, the angels announced he is a savior. He is already Lord. Whilst Jesus was walking on this earth, and if you are in this church, I believe most of us are no strangers to our current series on the book of John. That's why in the part of John, one of the most important parts of John are the emphatic sayings of Christ. We've looked at seven of them so far. All the emphatic sayings of Christ were pointing to his lordship, were pointing to his divinity that he is Lord. And that's why he could emphatically say things like, I am the bread of life. That's why he could say things like, before Abraham was, I am. That's why he could say things like, I am the light of the world. That's why he could say things like, I am the good shepherd. That's why he could say things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And that's why he could say, I am the door of the sheep. If you don't enter through me and you come through any other way, you are a thief and a robber. 
That's why he could say that. That's why he could say, I am the resurrection and the life. When he stood at his friend Lazarus. Because he's God. All these things were pointing to his lordship. It was pointing to the result of Christmas that Jesus is Lord. And God willing, when we tackle chapter 15, we will look at the last emphatic scene which talks of, I am the true vine. I'm not just the vine. I am the true vine. All these underscore Christ's divinity, that he is not just the son of Mary. He's not just the carpenter's son. He's not just a good man. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a miracle worker. But he is God. Jesus is Lord. To the believer, as believers, is great consolation, like I said, because we acknowledge that Jesus really is God. The phrase means that Jesus really is God. He is not a figment of man's imagination. He is not borderline between fact and fiction. You know, there are some things that we say is borderline between fact and fiction, Things like Pegasus, the flying horse. We are not sure. They say it's a borderline between facts and fiction. Jesus is not in that class. Jesus really is God. There is a God that holds this world. There is a God that sits on the circle of this earth. It's real. So Jesus is God. It's consolation to us because we believe Jesus has everything under control. So, however your life may pan out to be, whatever circumstances may have befallen you, just comfort yourself with the phrase that Jesus is Lord because he has everything. Not some things, not most of the things, not majority of the things, everything under control. And it serves as consolation to us because we have committed our lives to him. And in this time of uncertainty, which better person to place our lives into than in the hands of Jesus, who is Lord and whose jurisdiction is undefined because his name brings Tremors in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. The result of Christmas today is Jesus is Lord. Amen. Let me end it here. Who has any questions or contribution? Can you guys hear me? It looks like I froze for a second. Am I clear? All right. Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay. So let's end it here.
with that OFR series on what's the big deal about Christmas. So let me just throw the question to you. What's the big deal about Christmas? After this series, what do you think? Hi, it's Pastor Jessica. Yes. Um, one thing I think is that sometimes we get so caught up in the gifts and the buying and um, overemphasizing on them instead of just enjoying the presence of God and what he's done um, as our gift. I mean, um, Shaquana had mentioned something that I thought was really powerful earlier. She was talking about just being present um, with your loved ones, being present um, in the moment. And then I just added being present with the Lord. If we could do that and take in what Christ has done, I think that um, we would have so much richness to our lives. At least that's my reflection of the, of the whole thing. Amen. Amen. So during the series, what did we all learn? Is there anything that we took home? What is your take home from the series? Today is our fourth and final week of our series. I'd like to hear from you, please. Unmute. We have just four more minutes and speaketh. Repeat the question. Um, what has been your take home what from the four weeks the, the series we've done so far? I know it may sound like simple, but it's like about like it's not only about the gifts and the gift and the materialistic um aspect of it. It's it's more deeper and more important. Um, it's more important to to give, and when I say give, I mean to help others, to give your time, um, not just all about giving gifts, 
all the time. Um, that's and thanking God, always thanking God, um, keeping God at the center of everything. I think that's what I really um what really sticks out to me the most. Okay. Okay. What is your take home? I want one more person to contribute, then we will wrap it up. What is your take home? Nobody? Um, Jesus is Lord, so I can be um, confident of the future. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Yes. Personally, my take home is God became man. It's so fascinating. Because when I think about that, I think of Superman. I don't know if you have watched Superman before. Uh, Superman is an alien that came from another planet and all that stuff, you know. Came Clark Kent and all that stuff, and then he will have he has to face Kryptonite and go back you know, a whole lot of things. Uh, it kind of remind me of that story, but Jesus has no Kryptonite, right? He's not afraid of green stuff or the devil for that matter. But just wrapping my mind around it, it blows my mind. It really does. Who being in the form of God did not consider a robbery to be equal with God, emptied himself, kenosis, took on the form of man. It's big. It blows my mind. Anytime I read that scripture, that part still blows my mind. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. And I think what will make Jesus really have that downgrade is just because of his love he had for us. One day I heard somebody said that the nails did not keep Jesus on the cross. It's the love he had for you and me that kept him on the cross. I thought that was very powerful. You know, Jesus accepted a downgrade because of you and me. It's just his love. Amen. So I pray that may we really feel his love and, and understand the reason for Christmas and the result of Christmas, especially, which is Jesus is Lord. Christmas should result in us proclaiming the Lordship of Christ. He is Lord. Amen. It's, it's, not, it's not like an anticlimactic message. 
it's the message. You know, sometimes you feel like, oh, December, you know, Christmas, we want to talk about Christ, it's anticlimax. You know, it's not. It's the message. And let's be shameless and bold in declaring him as Lord. Father, we thank you for what we have learned over this past four weeks. We bless your holy name, Lord, for we know that it has ended in you becoming Lord, and may we be shameless and bold about that testimony. We want to use this opportunity to also thank you, O Lord, for seeing us through 2022 with all its challenges, all its changing scenes. The constant truth is that you were God and you were unchanging. Oh, we thank you. We worship you, O Lord, for what you've done and for seeing us through 2022. And we have this assurance that you will see us through the next three days to wrap it up successfully. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.